Dr. Arthur Perry, he's one of the top plastic surgeons. He's got offices in Manhattan, New Jersey. You know, and he's been doing a show here on WOR for years and years and years. Very uh, popular show and a great plastic surgeon. Everybody has questions on this subject, so uh, he's the guy to ask. Dr. Arthur Perry. John, the public wants to know. The public doesn't give a damn. <laughs> and I went to his office, and I said, mm. I said, look at my face. And he goes, yeah, look at your face. We're going to do with your face. What can you do with his face? I go like that. I swear to God. I go, look at this. I'm getting old. I said, I want to maybe you could fix it up a little bit. Dr. Oz, are you there? I'm here, Arthur, and I want to get applaud you, having worked with you on a book and numerous other activities. You want to talk to Arthur Perry? The best in plastic surgery. Remarkable knowledge, but also your grace in delivering content, which is why it's been a blessing to have you on my show so many times. When I was a resident at the University of Chicago, we had a... That means you're smart. As a really, really gifted physician, uh, I want to pay you the, the highest tribute I can give to a surgeon, which is when people come to you, they don't come for an operation, they come for an opinion. And that's why I trust you with my uh, friends and relatives. I didn't realize we were going to get the Michael Jordan of plastic surgeon. 90210 bows to this guy. And welcome. This is Dr. Arthur Perry. This is What's Your Wrinkle right here on WOR. And welcome to a special Sunday morning edition. I hope you're having a great weekend. You're saying, what's this guy doing on Sunday mornings? He's supposed to be on Saturday evenings at 6 o'clock where you've been listening, I'm sure, for 15 years. But... Maybe you haven't, so uh, I'm happy to be here this morning, and uh, this is the show about you. This is the show about what you look like. This is the show about your wrinkles, your sags, your large things, your small things. Well, this is the show about how to fix those things. I'm a board-certified plastic surgeon, host of What's Your Wrinkle since 2005 right here on WOR. And normally we're on Saturday evenings at 6 o'clock, but... I think there was a checkers game or something that uh, went on last night that preempted me. So here we are at uh, 10 a.m. on a Sunday morning, and uh, we have a whole new audience. I'm sure those of you who uh, listen on Saturday evenings may listen on Sunday morning, but uh, we might have some new people out there. So give me a call. This is a call-in show, 800-321-0710. 800-321-0710 is the phone number at WOR. It is a free phone call from the continental United States. And I know there are people listening from all over the world on the Internet and on iHeartRadio, and welcome. Uh, You can also call, but you probably won't get that 800 number if you're outside of the United States. But give us a call. If you do have a question for me and give me a call, we're going to be giving away bottles of Soft Time. Soft Time is the moisturizer that you still need. You know, here it is, February. It's, It's cold out there. There's low humidity. Your fingers are feeling... I'll tell you, they've got those little cracks, don't they? Take a look at the. You don't even have to look. You can feel it, and uh, it hurts, and uh, soft time is the answer. If you've got chapped lips, you know, sore lips, uh, you know, maybe a little rough skin on your face, it's soft time. That is a moisturizer that has, it's not just like your your $8 moisturizer in the, uh, in the store that you pick up. This is a, uh, a really high-end moisturizer, and I know that because I created it myself. I researched the absolute best properties of any moisturizer and put the ingredients in that really make a difference. So things like ceramides that you do not see in the low-end moisturizers. They are very important for protecting and helping the barrier of your skin. And and you say, oh my God, now my eyes glaze over. What's a barrier? Well, you know, it's a very complex anatomical structure. It really is. It's a chemical structure and it's a physical structure of your skin, but that doesn't matter to you. What matters is the barrier keeps the bad things out like toxins and and harmful effects of soaps, and keeps the good things in, the vitamins and the oils and things like that of your skin. So when you have a healthy barrier, you have a healthy skin. 
So the, the disease states that interrupt your barrier, well, there can be, they can be caused by chemicals and most commonly bad soaps, not my soap, by the way, but alkaline soaps. And there are conditions called atopic dermatitis and seborrheic dermatitis and, uh, and contact dermatitis, three different dermatitises, and others that disrupt the barrier of your skin. And when that happens, you just look not so good. And you don't feel as good either because your skin just feels raw. So soft time, that is, it's not a medicine. It is a moisturizer. And uh, it will certainly help. We're giving away bottles of soft time tonight to callers with legitimate calls. So if you're going to the plastic surgeon this uh, Wednesday, you've got a consultation. And it's for facial rejuvenation because you're 60 years old and you look in the mirror and you're just not sure what needs to be done. You see those little wrinkles around your eyes. You see the, uh, the small wrinkles around your lips. And your lips are losing the, the integrity that they once had, the beauty of your lips. They're losing it. You've got those little jowls on your jawline. You've got, you've got some extra skin of your neck. And it's crepey, right? You know who I'm talking about. You look in the mirror because if you're in your, you know, after 50s, certainly after 52, 53, if you're not seeing these things, well, then you've probably had some plastic surgery already, and that's good because that's what this show is all about. We're here to help you and, uh, and give you some information and education about cosmetic surgery, about what you look like, about, uh, about skin care. I'm board-certified plastic surgeon Dr. Arthur Perry, and the phone number, once again, 800-321-0710, 800-321-0710. So now today we are going to be talking about liposuction. Some of you might call it liposuction, you know. Oh, it's liposuction. It really is. And even though they all call it liposuction, it's the word is lipid. Lipids. Those are the fats in your body. And the word came from lipid suction in 1980s. It started in France. And the, it actually was started, I, I believe, by a, an obstetrician, a guy named Illouze, I-L-L-O-U-Z, I, -L -L I believe. And he started it caught on very quickly all around the world because before liposuction, if you had fat deposits, let's say, on your thighs, surgeons had to make pretty big incisions. They had to make big incisions and take it out. It was never a good trade. Instead of uh, kind of large thighs, you then had smaller thighs but with incisions. So that was another reason why you didn't get in a bathing suit. So not so good. But with the advent of liposuction in the 1980s, it quickly, by 1985, became the most popular procedure in the country, and it maintains that to today in certain age groups. So certainly under 20, under 22, ah, let me see, let me get this right. Under 25, it's breast augmentation as the most common procedure in cosmetic surgery. But from 25 all the way up to 55, it is liposuction. That is the most popular procedure in all of cosmetic surgery, and there's a really good reason for that. In fact, all the way up to age 65, and that's when the eyelid lift takes over, uh, because after 65, more people, you know, they don't care as much about their kind of chubby hips and uh, more about what can't be hidden by clothing. So uh, eyelid lifts become the most popular procedure in the over 65 age group. So tonight, tomorrow, this is the morning. This isn't tonight, is it? I'm used to saying that because we're on Saturday evening. We're going to be speaking about liposuction. I'm going to take your phone calls, and uh, it doesn't have to be about suction. It can be about anything in the realm of beauty, cosmetic surgery, skin care. That's what this is all about. And you might say, well, who is this guy? Okay, I'm a board-certified plastic surgeon. I, uh, I've trained at some good places, uh, Harvard for general surgery, right here in New York, Burns. I did a burn fellowship at New York Hospital. That was pretty intense. And then uh, 
I uh, went out to the University of Chicago, did a plastic surgery residency, became the chief resident in, uh, way back in the 1980s, in the eight, 1987. Seems like a long time ago already, doesn't it? And then uh, did a uh, cosmetic surgery fellowship afterwards, then joined the faculty of the medical school at Rutgers, Robert Wood Johnson. That didn't last too long. I'm still on the faculty, but not full-time. I'm also on the faculty of Columbia University. I'm an adjunct associate professor there and a, a clinical associate professor at Robert Wood Johnson. But more importantly, I take care of you. I've got offices in New Jersey and New York and ready to uh, answer your questions. 800-321-0710. 800-321-0710 is the number in New York and around the country. All right, so we're going to talk a little bit about liposuction. One of my favorite topics, and, and I'm going to talk to you about what about what what it is. Now, it's not a method of weight loss, and a lot of people think, well, I'm going to go to the plastic surgeon. I, you know, I weigh uh, 300 pounds, and I'm five foot two, and I'm going to go in there, and I co- I'm going to come out nice and skinny. Well, that's how you die, so we don't want to do that. And the reason you might die if you had 100 pounds suctioned off is because that's extremely unsafe. The blood loss would be ridiculous. The fluid loss is intense, and the risks are too high. So the first rule of suction is it's not a method of weight loss. It's a method of contouring your body, sculpting your body, when you're within, let's say, 10%, maybe stretching it to 15% of your ideal body weight. Those are the best candidates for suction. And women, well, you know what areas uh, you have extra fat. Uh, Women tend to have fat on their thighs, their outer thighs and their inner thighs and their knees, affectionately called the chubs. I've seen that one. They've got cankles. That's less common. Those are the chubby ankles. Uh, But we suction those areas. But the most common areas are the outer and inner thighs and the knees and then the hips. Now, women tend to have outer thighs and hips that sort of merge together. Men have separate and distinct outer thighs and hips. So it is different between men and women. Men tend to have suction on their bellies. So don't get, they don't get their thighs that often. Uh, but suctioning of your belly, the abdominal fat, is something that is fairly common in men. And in common in both men and women is uh, what I call the biggest bang for your buck procedure in all of cosmetic surgery. It is suction of the fat of the neck and jowls. One of the pleasures of growing older, and those of you who are older than 40 understand this, is that we tend to put fat on where we don't want it and take fat away where we do want it. So women's breasts tend to get a little bit smaller as you get older. You lose fat volume. You probably want more fat volume in your breasts, uh, but you sure don't want it in your neck and you don't want it in your belly. So uh, it's just one of the the, uh, humorous things about growing older, but that's what plastic surgeons were invented for. That's what we were created to do. We're here to help you with these things. Now, the procedure of liposuction is always, should always be an outpatient procedure. That means you come in and you have the procedure and you, you go out the same day. If too much fat is removed, if or let's say it's planned that a lot of fat is going to be removed, then the only way to stay safe is to stay overnight in the hospital and be connected to an intravenous line and have a catheter in your bladder to monitoring monitoring your urine flow. That's not a great idea for a cosmetic procedure, in my opinion. And I think, uh, once again, if uh, if the doctor thinks that you need, need to stay overnight in the hospital, then I think you probably don't or should not have the procedure. Because liposuction is an incredibly safe procedure and an incredibly good procedure when it's done safely and within the limits. 
I'm Dr. Arthur Perry. This is WOR. This is What's Your Wrinkle? And uh, we're going to take a short break, and I'll return after these words. Ladies, are you looking older than you feel? I'm board-certified plastic surgeon Dr. Arthur Perry. Aging is inevitable, but I can help you age gracefully. I start with Juvederm and fill wrinkles, and I restore lips to what they used to look like. No duck lips here. And I creatively smooth the jawline and plump marionette lines. You might benefit from chemical peels or lasers to reduce splotchiness and rejuvenate your skin, or Althera to thicken your crepey skin. And for the most dramatic rejuvenation, I perform short scar face and neck lifts. Let's sit down for an hour consultation and come up with a plan to help you look better. My offices are in Somerset, New Jersey, and on Fifth Avenue in Manhattan. Give me a call at 732-422-9600. That's 732-422-9600. Check me out on the web at perryplasticsurgery.com. And don't forget to listen to me, Dr. Arthur Perry, every Saturday evening at 6 p.m. right here on WOR. We've become a nation obsessed with losing weight, but we seem to be losing sight of why. At RWJ Barnabas Health, we take a different approach to weight loss. Instead of emphasizing short-term goals like reducing the size of your waist, we focus on long-term benefits like reducing your risk of diabetes, sleep apnea, and hypertension. And for those whose best option is bariatric surgery, your journey begins with a nurse navigator who will be with you from the time you commit right through recovery. Along the way, you'll learn about different surgical techniques healthy eating, sensible exercise, and support groups. And once you find your healthy weight, you'll look and feel better too. It's not about losing weight overnight. It's about staying healthy over time. Visit rwjbh.org slash weight loss. RWJ Barnabas Health. Let's be healthy together. You're listening to What's Your Wrinkle with Dr. Arthur Perry. What's your wrinkle? This is Dr. Arthur Perry. This is What's Your Wrinkle right here on WOR. And uh, once again, a very special edition of, uh, of What's Your Wrinkle. We're normally on Saturdays at 6 p.m. So, uh, you know, set your computer. You can do that, you know. If you can't figure out how to set your computer to get a radio station on uh, iHeart or on uh, WOR, then you have to ask the 14-year-old that either lives in your house or your kid's house. They'll tell you how to do it because you can do it. You don't even need to be on a, a, an actual radio anymore. You can be on the computer listening, as so many of my listeners around the United States and around the world are. All right, so we're talking about, about suctioning fat. And why would we do it? Of course, why we do it is because as we get older, and, and many people uh, just as teenagers and as 20-year-olds uh, as have unsightly deposits of fat, and they could be on the outer thighs, uh, they can be on the inner thighs. They can be on the uh, the knees, the belly. Uh, I've suctioned. I think coming up in a week or two, I've got someone. I'm suctioning her back right underneath the uh, the rolls of uh, where the bra kind of compresses the skin and is bulging out uh, the fat. So we'll suction there. Uh, I can suction arms, although that is uh, less less popular. Uh, we can suction ankles. That's also less popular. Calves, not too common, but I've done them. Uh, I can actually suction when I'm in the uh, neck, suctioning the neck and jowls can go up very carefully and very selectively to remove 
some of the fat from the cheeks from in front of the ear. So we're going to return to this topic in, uh, in just a minute, but we've got a great guest on the line, Michelle Pazia. Is that how you pronounce your name, Michelle? Yes, it is. Thank you. Thank you. Michelle is a dietitian. She's a registered dietitian from the Kogan Celiac Center at RWJ Barnabas Health. So in recent years, there's been a trend in restaurants and food distributors and, and boy, you just go into the supermarkets and you see all these gluten-free options. Uh, I wish there were a lot of lactose-free options, but there's a lot of gluten-free options. This is due in part to the growing diagnoses and the awareness of celiac disease. This is an, a hereditary, it's called an autoimmune disorder. And for people with celiac disease, eating gluten, and uh, you know that's a constituent of foods, we're gonna talk about that in a minute, it triggers an immune response in the small intestine and it damages the intestine, and that hurts absorption of food. So, more than two million Americans, this is not a, uh, a minor illness, I mean, two million of you have celiac disease, but uh, a lot of people have gone undiagnosed, and the actual number is probably a lot bigger. So that's why we brought uh, Michelle Pazia. She's a, she has a master's of public health degree. She's got a uh, she's a registered dietitian, and she is at RWJ Barnabas Health. She's going to help us identify the ways to recognize celiac disease, and and tell us how to manage the disease. And this is very important. I think we want to know the difference between celiac disease and gluten intolerance. So Michelle. Let's start out. What is celiac disease? Well, I'm so glad that we're talking about this today because, as you mentioned, um, there's more and more people that are finding out that they may have celiac. And as we briefly heard, it is a genetic autoimmune disease. And what happens is when somebody eats gluten, it causes the little villi that are on their small intestine to flatten. So they can't absorb all of the nutrients that they need to have a healthy life. Okay, so that's, that's what the disease is. Now, so many people, so many people think they have this, and they avoid gluten so much. I mean, this is great for people with celiac disease. As you know, supermarkets have whole aisles now of, uh, of gluten-free foods. So what's right. the difference now? Is there such a thing as, as gluten sensitivity as opposed to true celiac disease? So there is a difference. With celiac, there is a clinical way to diagnose it. So we're looking at blood work and then an endoscopy to see if those villi really are damaged. But for some that don't have celiac, we diagnose it with symptoms. So they may just feel not great when they eat gluten, and that's where they're, they're finding out that they have a gluten sensitivity. And so they would remove gluten and see if they feel better, um, and then uh, that's how they know that they have the gluten sensitivity. So, so now, if someone really we don't does, if someone does have the celiac disease though I mean the true celiac disease they've they've actually had a biopsy they they they've got a diagnosis from you or a gastroenterologist uh, what are some of the symptoms tell us about it. so and yes the diagnosis does have to come from the gastroenterologist to actually check that biopsy so some of the symptoms they really range, and that's why it can become difficult to um, first identify if celiac could be a possibility. But that could be something like fatigue, um, bloating, diarrhea, constipation. So most people typically think of gastrointestinal symptoms, but that's not always the case. It could also be anemia, osteoporosis, um, hair loss. Um, enamel on your teeth that are having problems, so infertility. So there really is a big range because when those nutrients are not being absorbed, 
then lots of different things in our body can be happening. So, so now, if it doesn't get properly diagnosed, if you have some of these symptoms, you know, what happens if, if someone just keeps on going and, and eats, eats gluten, doesn't get diagnosed? What are the long-term consequences? So, of course, vitamin deficiencies, because they're just not going to be able to absorb those. And with that can come um, severe anemia, again, osteoporosis. Um, and then in extreme cases where it really goes a long time without being treated, you can see intestinal lymphoma and other things um, happen as well. All right. So so this, we get to the heart of the matter here, or the gut of the matter. How's that? Um, we, mm-hmm. <laughs> bad pun. We want to know now, if someone thinks they're uh, sensitive, if they think they have celiac disease, what do they do? How do they get diagnosed? So the first thing is you don't want to self-diagnose and stop eating gluten. Um, You do want to go through the proper channels and have blood work done by your doctor. And then if that does have those antibodies do come back positive, then the endoscopy is needed to confirm that. If you go off of gluten first, then those tests are not reliable because, again, everything returns healthy when you stop eating gluten. Those test numbers, labs will go down, so it becomes impossible to diagnose it if you're not eating gluten. And that's very, very important. So, so don't self-treat. Go to the right. gastroenterologist. And the way they diagnose this is, again, they, uh, they do a, is it through a colonoscopy or is it from an, an upper endoscopy? It's an endoscopy because it is in the small intestine, so it's in the duodenum. So the endoscopy is needed to do that biopsy. All right. So now, now listeners out there, you've you've already know that something's going on. You've got this uh, this not good feeling when you eat gluten. You've gone to the gastroenterologist at Robert Wood Johnson uh, Barnabas Health and uh, many hospitals in the system throughout the uh, state of New Jersey, and they have now diagnosed you. Yep, you got the diagnosis. You've got celiac disease. So. What do my listeners that have been diagnosed with this do now? So the first thing is to find support. So that's where coming to our center, we can give you that education, that individualized education. And also we do have support groups um, so that it just makes things a little bit easier. But number one is getting rid of all of the gluten in your diet, of course. And um, the second stage is really looking at any other areas of cross-contamination. So looking at your house and your kitchen, um, where you eat most of your meals, and making sure that even the smallest amount of gluten isn't present um, in what you're eating. So, you know, it's always interesting to me. So you have, I have many patients who tell me, well, they're gluten-free. They, uh, and I ask them, do you have celiac disease? Uh, well, n- no. And uh, why do you do this? And they can't give a good answer. You know, it's uh, there's so many people that that you know self-diagnose or just think that gluten's bad for you, but it's not actually bad for you unless you have celiac disease. Isn't that true? That's exactly true. Yes, unless you have celiac or for another reason, um, the gluten sensitivity, or for another reason, just feel better off of it. But it is not healthier to be gluten-free unless medically you need to be. And we've evolved for uh, thousands and tens of thousands of years to live with and you know raise gluten. Where where do you find gluten? What kind of plants? So it's actually in wheat, barley, and rye. So it is a protein in those grains. Um, and then we do have to look at some cross contamination with certain oats as well. But the primary grains are wheat, barley, and rye. 
All right. So, so now someone is now diagnosed with uh, gluten disease, a uh, celiac disease, rather, uh, as opposed to the uh, the gluten sensitivity. And and is there a difference in the treatment there? So the difference is again because of the um, p- potential for the autoimmune response that can happen. Just that small back, what we call 20 parts per million, can cause that autoimmune response to happen. So that cross-contamination is much more significant with somebody with celiac versus the gluten sensitivity. So that could mean even if you're getting gluten-free pizza out, you do need to make sure that the restaurant is not using the same pizza paddle or the same pizza cutter or even the same area in the oven for your gluten-free pizza. Where somebody with gluten sensitivity may be able to handle if there is that cross-contamination that happens. You know, that that's such an important point, I think, to make because... You know, the, the uh, food workers often, uh, you know, they, they might think they're doing the right thing, but they often just don't understand that this isn't just keep it out of my food. You have to keep it away from anything that touches your food uh, because just tiny, tiny amounts of gluten can set uh, off celiac uh, disease patients, correct? Correct. Absolutely. Yeah, and that's so- what makes it um, so much more challenging. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, it's uh, it's always interesting uh you know, uh, for uh, the food service workers, you know, they're smart, but they just don't understand what you understand in many situations, uh, such as, uh, you know, uh, talk to them about vegetarian cheese. And they say, well, all, all cheese is vegetarian. Not true, because, as you know, because of the uh, the enzymes that are made from animals in most cheese. So, And they just don't understand that. So listeners out there, you have to watch out for yourself. You have to be careful and you have to make sure that the places that you're eating at really understand the uh, the illness. My guest this uh, this morning is Michelle Pazia. She's a dietitian. She has a master's of public health degree, and uh, she's from the Robert Wood Johnson Barnabas Health, the RWJ Barnabas Health Kogan Celiac Center. So they have a celiac center just for this problem. Tell us about this center. So again, at the center, I'm the clinical coordinator there. So we're constantly running different programs to support all of our clients, whether it's a support group um, or different, um, we bring in com- food companies so people can sample different foods. We bring, um, we do grocery store tours to help people. And again, we do have that individualized education. And we also go into some of the schools where we, some of our patients, um, some of their schools to educate their teachers and the nurses. Again, the more people that are aware of celiac and the differences that we've talked about, the more um, they can live their life a little bit easier. Great. Now, the Kogan Center is at the Barnabas Health Ambulatory Care Center. It's in Livingston, New Jersey. So I'm going to give out the phone number. It's 973-322-7272. So that's 973-322-7272. And Livingston is very easy to get to. It's centrally located in New Jersey, very close to New York. It's really only about 20 or so minutes uh, from Manhattan. And it's easy from Bergen County, if you're listening, from Ocean County. It's easy from there. Very easy to get to uh, Barnabas Health. And there are hospitals all over the state, but this is the very specific center, the Kogan Center at the Barnabas Health Ambulatory Care Center. And once again, it's in Livingston, New Jersey, 973-322-7272. Now, if you do give a phone call, which you should, if you're experiencing these symptoms, and if you're interested in having this investigated a little further, 
Go ahead. Give them a call, 973-322-7272. You can tell them that you heard about this on this show. What's your wrinkle? Michelle Pazzi, I want to thank you so much for taking time on this Sunday morning. And uh, now we're going to release you, go back to all the fun things that I hope you do on a weekend. Great. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks so much for uh, being a guest on What's Your Wrinkle? I'm Dr. Arthur Perry. We're going to take a short break. The phone number here at WOR is 800 321 800-321-0710. We'll be back after these words. We've become a nation obsessed with losing weight, but we seem to be losing sight of why. At RWJ Barnabas Health, we take a different approach to weight loss. Instead of emphasizing short-term goals like reducing the size of your waist, we focus on long-term benefits like reducing your risk of diabetes, sleep apnea, and hypertension. And for those whose best option is bariatric surgery, your journey begins with a nurse navigator who will be with you from the time you commit right through recovery. Along the way, you'll learn about different surgical techniques, healthy eating, sensible exercise, and support groups. And once you find your healthy weight, you'll look and feel better too. It's not about losing weight overnight. It's about staying healthy over time. Visit rwjbh.org slash weight loss. RWJ Barnabas Health. Let's be healthy together. Did you know that most skincare is useless, even fraudulent, and often toxic? I'm plastic surgeon Dr. Arthur Perry. I needed great skincare for my patients, but really could not find products that dramatically improve skin health. So I went to the books and I created a line of skincare that reduces the appearance of wrinkles and truly rejuvenates skin. I want everyone to try my products, and so for a limited time, I'm offering my complete skincare regimen at half price. Normally, this is $150, but for WOR listeners, it's $75 plus shipping. One product in the morning and one in the evening, moisturize and clean. That's all you need for beautiful skin. It's so simple that soon your friends and relatives will be asking, what are you doing to look so good? Go to drperrys.com, that's D-R-P-E-R-R-Y-S.com, or give us a call at 844-DR-PERRY. Use the WOR20 code for the discount. To learn more, listen every Saturday evening, 6 p.m., right here on WOR. You're listening to What's Your Wrinkle with Dr. Arthur Perry. What's your wrinkle? And we're back. This is Dr. Arthur Perry. This is What's Your Wrinkle right here on WOR. And we had a great guest from uh, RWJ Barnabas Health. And, uh, you know, I have an interesting story to tell. So uh, Tuesday morning, getting ready to go to the operating room to perform a blepharoplasty. That's an eyelid lift. I do many of those. And, uh, you know, I was feeding the dogs and uh, got a little uh, back pain. And I thought, well, maybe I just bent over uh, wrong with the dog uh, jumping on me. And then about five minutes later, the back pain became so intense uh, and then went into my belly. I knew something was wrong. And then, well, all hell broke loose. <laughs> yeah, how many of you have had a kidney stone? Anyone uh, up there? Raise your hand. Yeah, they're, uh, they're not fun. So after about four, I had to cancel the surgery, of course. And uh, after about four hours, I figured that's about it for me. Went over to the Robert Wood Johnson University Hospital emergency room uh, where Dr. Colleen Donovan took one look at me and said, oh, boy, uh, it's a kidney stone. I mean, the uh, classic, uh, classic pain doubled over. I went to the front desk. I said, I'm in distress. You know, not, not, not fun. Uh, they put an IV in me. Excellent nurses. I have to say, 
You know, it's the first time I have been a patient in the emergency room. I've uh, done these uh, spots and, and been associated with Robert Wood Johnson for many, many years, 30 years. Uh, but then they just had uh, put in a new emergency room last year. We talked about that on the show. And it's sparkling and beautiful. Uh, the triage nurse look, took one look at me, put an IV in, into the room, had a CAT scan probably within, had to be within 10 minutes of being uh, in the emergency room. And they gave me medication. Yeah, well, all's well that ends well, right? I had a, a kidney stone. They got me out of pain. I'm fine. But I'll tell you something. Uh, that emergency room ran so well. And I want to thank Dr. Colleen Donovan, uh, who's an expert at emergency medicine. She diagnosed me immediately. Uh, Dr. Donovan trained at uh, the University of Pennsylvania and uh, where many of the doctors, Robert Wood Johnson and ER, are, uh, have trained. And uh, what expertise. And I just want to thank all of them. So that's my story, you know, a little personal story. Uh, you don't want to be on the receiving end of the medical care, but uh, ultimately everyone will be, right? All right, I'm Dr. Arthur Perry. This is What's Your Wrinkle right here on WOR. 800-321-0710 is the phone number. 800-321-0710. And by the way, it's President's Day on Monday, right? You know that. And uh, we're celebrating everyone from George Washington to Donald Trump. On president, actually, we're, I don't know, we're just celebrating the presidents. And so we have a special for skincare. We have a buy two daytime, get one free. What is daytime? Daytime is, uh, it's the morning skincare program. You know, I'm all about simplicity with skincare. If you go into some of those stores that will remain nameless, there are thousands. I mean, really, it's, it's incredible to me how many products are on the shelf I call it absolutely fragmented skincare. It's so unnecessary. It really is. I mean, I believe in simplicity. Just like a diet, if it's simple, you'll stay on the diet. If it's complicated, you won't. You know, they have actually studied this. They looked at the Atkins diet and the Pritikin diet. Those are the extreme diets. One is like all fat, one is no fat. And then the ones in the middle, uh, like the South Beach diet. And they found that people tend to stay on the more moderate diets the best, the longest, so that you actually lose the weight long-term. Any diet, you'll lose weight short-term, but it's long-term that really counts. And the same thing with skincare. You need to stay on skincare long enough to see the effects. Despite all the ridiculous commercials and things on television and radio that you hear, skincare takes a long time to really work. I mean, there are some overnight effects, like the smoothing from uh, Alpha hydroxy acids. I've got lactic acid in my uh, in my nighttime. So if you put it on at night, in the morning, your skin will feel smoother. That's okay. It exfoliates and it helps. But in terms of real benefits, real benefits, ones that when you look in the mirror, you see a difference. And it takes a long time because you're asking a lot of skincare uh, to actually change your appearance. You have to remember that you're you're programmed from age 30 on. You lose one percent of the the volume of your skin each year. You lose 1% of your collagen, that's a structural layer of your skin, 1% of your elastin, those are the stretchy fibers in the skin, and 1% of the hyaluronic acid. Those are the, uh, that's the chemical that keeps the moisture in your skin. And so when you're 30, your skin looks really nice, and when you're 70, you've lost 40% of the substance of your skin and you can actually see through it, right? You know what I'm talking about. So skincare takes a long time. We have to first kind of stop the process. We have to stop the degradation of the skin. That by itself is a lot. It's asking the skin a lot. And then we have to ask the skin to replenish itself, to thicken, to thicken the collagen and thicken the all the different structures that I just talked about, the chemicals in your skin. Now, skincare can do that. 
but it doesn't do it overnight. It's not going to do it in a day. It's not going to do it in a week. It's not even going to do it in a month in front of the mirror, although with sophisticated machines, like I have a, what's called a Vizia machine in my office, which analyzes with a computer your skin, the wrinkles and the brown spots and red spots and things like that. The Vizia machine can detect that my skin care helps your skin significantly at a month. But I'll be honest with you, it takes three months of being on skincare, mine or anybody else's, to really see in the mirror that you look better. That's the truth. A lot of people don't want to hear the truth. And that's why so many people, they flip from one skincare program to the next, and they're not on a particular program long enough to see the benefits, if it's going to work at all. Most skincare doesn't work, by the way. That's the, uh, the dirty little secret. It can't work because many of the substances in skincare are either too big, they can't get into the skin, or they don't have uh, high enough quantities, or it's the wrong pH, or there's so many reasons. You know, you'll see me in the, the stores kind of giggling sometimes when I read these ingredients and see the claims that these products make. It's ridiculous. Um, but some skincare does work, and there's, there's not too much. The list is actually pretty short. So the things that do work are things like vitamin C and vitamin A, alpha hydroxy acids, vitamin B3, which is niacinamide, uh, those are things that have many, many scientific studies, and they actually do work. And that's what I put in my products. But as I st stated in the beginning of this, I want my products and my skincare regimen to be really simple so that you can actually do one step in the morning and one step in the evening and stay on the skincare regimen long enough to see the effects. If you've got a you know, one of these very famous companies, I never mention the name of the companies, and you shouldn't either if you call the show, uh, but you can go online and you could say uh, you could see that uh, um, there's a six-step program in the morning and an eight-step program in the evening. And who really does that? You know, I have the most motivated patients on earth. I have people come to my office that are willing to undergo the knife to look better, right? Yeah, I'm a plastic surgeon. They're very motivated. And yet those patients will not stay on a 14-step program eight in the evening and six in the morning. They won't, it's impossible. My celebrity patients won't do that. So we need to create simple skincare. That's why I combine different products, different ingredients in my skincare. So in the morning, the daytime, this all started with a uh, <laughs> buy two, get one free special with uh, daytime, right? Daytime is a skin protector. I designed it, yes, it's got sunscreen in it. It's an SPF 23 and that becomes important. Any day now, we're gonna, we're gonna see the sun in New York. Any day, I'm sure. Was there sun in the last month? I'm not sure. But uh, certainly an SPF 23, uh, that's what it measures. I've, I've written on the label 20. You have to round. You can round down. You cannot round up. 20 sounds like a nice number. It's actually 23. That's what it measures. But more importantly, we've got niacinamide in there. Niacinamide is vitamin B3. Uh, that helps the barrier of the skin. It strengthens it. Vitamin B5, pantothenic acid also does. I've got uh, different moisturizers and oils in there. It's a wonderful substance. You put it on your skin, let it dry, give it a little time, and put dry makeup. So you can't put a cream makeup over it. I, I recommend a pressed powder as opposed to the loose powder because you want to breathe in as little of that stuff as you can. Uh, remember that fun experience on Dr. Oz when, uh, when I talked about those, uh, those different powders and how they get into your lungs, but that's a whole different story. So we want to put it on, use it as your foundation. It protects your skin. That's all you need to do. You go through the day and then wash your face with a clean time soap. Remove all traces of makeup. 
And then in the evening, you put on nighttime. Nighttime has the active ingredients, vitamin A, vitamin C, uh, the uh, antioxidants, uh, alpha hydroxy acids, skin brighteners, things like that. One stop shopping in a simple serum because I don't want a lot of extra stuff on your skin. There's no fragrances in these either. There are some natural fragrances in the soap. And you'll notice that I left out the moisturizer in the regimen. Now I have it because some people like it. I think it's important this time of year because it's, uh, it's kind of nasty outside and your skin gets chapped and it's really good for your, your hands also. Uh, but the perimenopausal women, those of you who are approaching menopause, at menopause, and after menopause, those are the women that can really benefit from a moisturizer. A moisturizer in a 30-year-old uh, woman, I don't think it's necessary. And, uh, in fact, there's really no evidence. I just reviewed the literature just this last week for a chapter I'm writing in Dr. Roizen's book, next book coming up, and, uh, and the moisturizer literature, it's just not there unless you've got a condition of your skin like uh, those atopic dermatitis, contact dermatitis, things like that. If there's a disease state of your skin, moisturizers are, are useful. If you're perimenopausal, moisturizers are useful. And the interesting thing is, if you use moisturizer on your skin in the summer, let's say you're a 40-year-old woman and you use moisturizer on your skin and you do not use sunscreen, you actually get more ultraviolet damage to your skin than if you did not use anything on your skin. And the reason for that is the moisturizer kind of removes that sheen, the natural sheen of your skin that reflects some of the ultraviolet light. So it is interesting. Uh, the industry loves to push moisturizers. You know, I'm a heretic out there. What can I tell you? All right, so <laughs> all that being said, the code is PRESIDENT, I believe it's PRESIDENT20. PRESIDENT20 is the code. You'll be able to use that after the show to get buy two of the daytime and get one free. I'm Dr. Arthur Perry. This is What's Your Wrinkle right here on WOR. I want you to stay tuned. There's more to the show. We're going to talk about some interesting things in the last segment. We'll be back after these words. Ladies, are you looking older than you feel? I'm board-certified plastic surgeon Dr. Arthur Perry. Aging is inevitable, but I can help you age gracefully. I start with Juvederm and fill wrinkles, and I restore lips to what they used to look like. No duck lips here. And I creatively smooth the jawline and plump marionette lines. You might benefit from chemical peels or lasers to reduce splotchiness and rejuvenate your skin, or Althera to thicken your crepey skin. And for the most dramatic rejuvenation, I perform short scarf face and neck lifts. Let's sit down for an hour consultation and come up with a plan to help you look better. My offices are in Somerset, New Jersey, and on Fifth Avenue in Manhattan. Give me a call at 732-422-9600. That's 732-422-9600. Check me out on the web at perryplasticsurgery.com. And don't forget to listen to me, Dr. Arthur Perry, every Saturday evening at 6 p.m. right here on WOR. Did you know that most skincare is useless, even fraudulent, and often toxic? I'm plastic surgeon Dr. Arthur Perry. I needed great skincare for my patients, but really could not find products that dramatically improve skin health. So I went to the books and I created a line of skincare that reduces the appearance of wrinkles and truly rejuvenates skin. I want everyone to try my products, and so for a limited time, I'm offering my complete skincare regimen at half price. 
Normally, this is $150, but for WOR listeners, it's $75 plus shipping. One product in the morning and one in the evening. Moisturize and clean. That's all you need for beautiful skin. It's so simple that soon your friends and relatives will be asking, what are you doing to look so good? Go to drperrys.com, that's D-R-P-E-R-R-Y-S.com, or give us a call at 844-DR-PERRY. Use the WOR20 code for the discount. To learn more, listen every Saturday evening, 6 p.m., right here on WOR. You're listening to What's Your Wrinkle with Dr. Arthur Perry. What's your wrinkle? back. This is Dr. Arthur Perry. This is What's Your Wrinkle right here on WOR. And during the break, Noah asked me, uh, he said, uh, how about that Violet? Who's Violet? Violet is one of the few patients I can talk about. You know, I've operated on some people on television. I can talk about them. Some of the celebrities like Jimmy Fallon, okay, I can talk about him because you all saw it on television. Hopefully you did. But I can't talk about my other patients, but I can talk about Violet because uh, I <laughs> Violet's a goat. Violet is a goat. I operated on Violet the goat one month ago, and, uh, you know, this poor little animal, it was uh, very interesting. The veterinarian called me. I've got this uh, this goat that uh, his, her eye is being held open uh, by a scarring of her forehead when she had her horn removed. There's a whole thing. And I went to uh, Quakertown, Pennsylvania, and operated on the goat with the veterinarian and did a, a little flap and a blepharoplasty, first blepharoplasty ever probably in a goat, an eyelid lift, and uh, put a skin graft there. And uh, it's a month now, and amazing, I think, because I've never done that operation on a goat before, nor has anyone else, uh, fixed her. Her eye is uh, beautiful now, so I've got the pictures up on my Facebook. So if you go to Facebook.com right, and go to... Uh, Dr. Arthur Perry on Facebook.com. First of all, sign up, like the page. That's always a good thing. And you'll see the picture of Violet the goat one month later. This is a little pygmy goat. Uh, you know, I don't know much about goats. What can I tell you? Um, well, there's a joke there, but we'll stay away from that. So uh, so I don't know much about, but I operated on this goat with, uh, with a veterinarian, and uh, it was a wonderful thing. And she's, uh, by the way, deaf. She reads sign language. You can't make this up. She's a deaf goat. <laughs> And read sign language. When you put your little fingers up like a V, her name is Violet, she comes running. All right, so check out the Facebook page, facebook.com dash Dr. Arthur Perry. And you'll learn also about other things that we're doing in plastic surgery. I try to uh, keep it nice and straight. We don't do political things on Facebook. We do medical things. All right, 800-321-0710 is the phone number here at WOR, 800 800- Three two one zero seven ten. We were talking about liposuction and uh, liposuction. One of my favorite procedures, really, is uh, as I say, I've been doing it since nineteen eighty five. I was in high school when I started doing uh, liposuction. And the great thing about the procedure is, you know, sometimes we can do it under local anesthesia, but usually not. Uh, I can do the uh, liposuction of the neck and jowls under local anesthesia. Uh, we use sedation also. It's better for you. You know, why struggle with uh, getting numbed up when the board-certified anesthesiologist can give you a little of that propofol or, uh, or Versed, something like that, and make the whole experience really very nice, actually. It's, it's not a bad thing at all. Uh, and I make a little tiny incision, less than a quarter inch underneath the chin, one little tiny eighth of an inch incision under each ear, and I can suction out. I think my record is about eight, maybe nine ounces of fat in the neck. Most of you only have two to four ounces of fat. Uh, it seems like more. But what happens when you have fat in the neck, it plumps out. Is that a technical term? It plumps out the skin of the neck. 
So the uh, it looks like you have a turkey waddler neck, right? So it really is remarkable when we remove that fat, it looks like you've lost a lot of weight. So you could be kind of chunky. Is that a politically correct word? Chunky with uh, overall cover the rest of your body with clothing and have this nice svelte neck after having the, uh, the liposuction of that. And that also, by the way, you can be overweight and have that procedure. I would not operate, I would not suction many, many pounds of fat out of your belly uh, if, you know, if you're overweight. Uh, but let's say you're a woman and you're 5'5 five and you're maybe 180 pounds or so and you shouldn't be. You should really be 150 maximum, even less. Um, depending on the circumstances, liposuction of the neck and jowls is something that we could do. I'd rather have you lose the weight, uh, but some people simply can't. And you look simply much, much better. Now, uh, that's one that we can do under local anesthesia with sedation. We can also do knees with uh, local anesthesia. But there are some doctors that do huge suctions of the belly, the thighs under local anesthesia. And uh, I'm somewhat of an expert in this field. I published uh, papers and written chapters on this topic. So I know what I'm talking about. And I strongly do not advise having those procedures under local anesthesia. And the reason for that is because it requires enormous amounts of local anesthetic, lidocaine. And in the 1980s and early 90s, there were actually hundreds of deaths from the procedure. Uh, many of them because of lidocaine toxicity. So we don't want to do that. We want to keep it as safe as possible. And that's why I, I don't think there's an anesthesiologist out there that won't agree with me that a good, short, general anesthetic is far safer than giving enormous amounts of local anesthetic. And, and, it, and to those of you not in medicine, it sounds wrong, right? I mean, isn't local anesthesia better? No, not if you have to use toxic amounts of the drug. So so for the body liposuction, I do it under general anesthesia. And it's a, a, as I say, it's a short general anesthetic. If we're doing your outer thighs and inner thighs, it's about an hour, hour and a half or so of, of general anesthesia. And a lot of people ask me, well, doesn't it hurt afterwards? I've actually studied this. I published a paper on this. Uh, and on a scale of 1 to 10, uh, pain of, if it's done correctly, should be only about a 1, believe it or not maybe approaching two, as opposed to my kidney stone this week, was, <laughs> which was a 10. That's, that is. Uh, but certainly with the uh, liposuction, it should not hurt afterwards. Why might it hurt? If the doctor is maybe a little bit careless and bangs into your underlying muscle or bone, um, you know, and there are also lots of people doing that procedure that are not qualified and we won't get into the political ramifications of that, but there are lots of people that are not board-certified plastic surgeons that are doing liposuction, and uh, there are cases of penetration inside the belly, stabbing all organs, no matter, uh, you name the organ, it's been stabbed, lungs, heart, everything, uh, by errant liposuction cannulas. Now, for a board-certified plastic surgeon, someone who's been trained properly, uh, this is a very, very safe procedure. Uh, for someone who's not been trained properly, it can be deadly. So uh, let the buyer beware like anything in surgery and in medicine. All right, I'm Dr. Arthur Perry. This is What's Your Wrinkle right here on WOR. And uh, I don't think I've mentioned Plexiderm yet today. <clears throat> How many of you who have, have used Plexiderm? I had a patient this week who came in, and she's telling me about her regimen. And she says, oh, I, I use Plexiderm every day for my lower eyelid wrinkles. 
And I said, well, you know, do you know that I do the commercials for Plexiderm? No, I didn't know that. Okay, well, I said, well, use my 800 number because, <laughs> because I can get you a 50% discount on Plexiderm if you use the 800 number. I'll give it now, and then let's talk about Plexiderm. 800-925-9963 is the phone number. 800-925-9963. That's the Plexiderm phone number for 50% off the normal retail prices. So what is this stuff? So it's not skincare. It's not surgery. Um, it's more like makeup. And the reason it's more like makeup is when you put makeup on in the morning, you know that uh, you know, you're hiding all these splotches. You're hiding some wrinkles. Uh, you're doing a, uh, a camouflage job, right? Unlike skincare, which is designed to slowly and steadily improve your appearance by improving the quality of your skin. That's not what makeup does. That's not what Plexiderm does. So Plexiderm is more in the makeup line. It's a silicone material. So it's a clear material that goes on your skin. You coat your bags under your eyes. You coat the wrinkles, your crow's feet, uh, even your jowls. Um, all over your face, you can use it. Some people use it in their neck. And you coat it there and watch, because it's really very cool, over about two, three minutes as it dries. And the technical word is as it cures, for those of you who are chemical purists out there. Uh, so the silicone material, it, it dries, and it shrinks the area. It kind of looks like the bags are held up. They go away. The wrinkles go away. It's really very cool. I didn't believe it in the beginning. I tried it on my wife. It does work. My patients use it. It's really very nice. If you do it wrong, it won't work. So here's how you do it wrong. If you put a cream makeup over it, it doesn't work. All right, you have to use that powder makeup that I talked about earlier. If you wash your face right after you put it on, that's kind of ridiculous because you wash it off. It's the Cinderella treatment, I call it. You remember Cinderella at midnight? You know, the, uh, the pumpkin turned into whatever, uh, or the carriage turned into a pumpkin, I guess. That's what it was. It's been a long time since the Cinderella story. But it's the Cinderella treatment because when you wash your face, you completely return to what you look like before. So it's really good if you're going on a date, but make sure you don't wash your face until the person's gone. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and if you're going on TV, don't smudge your face during the show. <laughs> All right. Plexiderm. 800-925-9963. I'm Dr. Arthur Perry. This is What's Your Wrinkle right here on WOR. So let's get down to the nuts and bolts of how we do the suction. So now you're asleep for general anesthesia. I make little tiny incisions. These are incisions that only require one stitch, some of them no stitches, to uh, repair. I infuse a large amount of a dilute epinephrine solution. I personally, unless we're doing the neck under local anesthesia, I don't use any lidocaine, zero. And, and again, I back what I say uh, with the study that I published in uh, the journal Plastic and Reconstructive Surgery entitled Lidocaine is Not Necessary in Liposuction if you want to check on that. Uh, that's why I don't use it. It's not necessary. It's toxic. So, and you don't need it if you're under general anesthesia. So we go ahead and, uh, and infuse the dilute epinephrine solution. The reason we use that is because it cuts way down on the bleeding. And then I break up the fat, suction it out, uh, put a stitch in, put you in a garment, voila, you walk immediately afterwards, you go back to work two days later, two days, that's all it is. Uh, it's a great procedure, liposuction. There's a good reason why it is the most popular procedure with 268,000 people a year having it in all of cosmetic surgery from ages 25 to 65. Well, I'm Dr. Arthur Perry. This has been a fun show. It's been uh, a Sunday morning show here on WOR. Usually I'm on Saturday evenings at 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. 
you know, set your alarm on your iWatch. Set your, I learned how to do that yesterday. Set your alarm on your phone for 6 p.m. Saturday evening. If you want to go to my website, periplasticsurgery.com is the website. We've got all sorts of information about me and about the procedures that I do. I've got offices wherever you are, unless you're in Beverly Hills. I don't have that one yet. But we do have an office in central New Jersey, in Somerset, New Jersey. Uh, we have an office on Fifth Avenue, and I'm happy to see uh, all of you. So give us a call, 732-422-9600. And in New York, 212-753-1820. And don't forget, we've got the buy two daytimes, get one free special. You have to use the President 20. Write that down, President 20 code to get your discount. And then you get two daytimes and stock up because before you know it, we're going to see sun again. I'm Dr. Arthur Perry. Noah, thank you so much for coming in on a Sunday morning and uh, having this great show with me. Have a great week. We'll see everybody next Saturday at 6 p.m. Bye-bye now.